Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. Morning, church, and I love you, church. Let's, let's commit this time to the Lord before we sit, yeah? Your standing is not for me. Your standing is for the Lord. I think that's very important to know. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you got a word for us, that we say, God, I can't deliver unless you have given to me, and I ask for your Holy Spirit to release wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. As you use me to deliver, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Sit down. Please be seated. Please be seated. God breaks down your walls first before any breakthrough. There got to be a break in, break in before a breakthrough. Yeah, that's what God does all the time. Proverbs chapter, Proverbs three verses five to six says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding." In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Trust in the Lord. There is no condemnation before the word. There is no what if before the word. There is no what happened before the word. Just trust in the Lord. As God said, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord, not trust on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord, the God who created you, the God who said he has bless you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places even before the foundation of the world. None of us is born into this world without being touched by the Lord first. None of us is born into this world without receiving the word first. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We can't receive the blessing because we are not connected to Christ. His blessing is in Christ Jesus. He said, trust in God. This is the God that who created the universe, the God who created you, the God that who knows your thoughts from afar, who perceives your thoughts from afar. That before a word comes to your tongue, He knows it completely. He is the God that who created your body, soul, and spirit. He is the God that if you receive Him, you, He lives in you. He said, He hides your life in his life. There is no other God that can have this for you. No other God. He is the only God who loves you. No other God. Who is, he is the only God who is alive and can speak to you and you can speak to him and his whole interest is to answer your prayer. No other God. Do you trust him? He said, trust him, no condemnation. There's no condemnation before you trust him. And the word trust is before your understanding. There's nothing wrong with our understanding. God is not against our understanding. What God is against is you lean on your understanding. Your understanding is something that you can lean on. That means you've got a wall up here. You've got a pillar up here. You rely on yourself. Our understanding can be very right because we are human. God has given us the, 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 the brain and the mind to think, the IQ to think well and 
to analyze where we got a lot of input from the, from, from the media, we got a lot of culture we learned from, past uh, life experiences that we gather, we have good understanding of situations. We all have. The problem is not in understanding. The problem is we lean on our understanding. When we lean on our understanding, we create wars, yes? And we begin to compartmentalize. If you have 10, ten hard, hard desire, you probably have 10 compartments of your understanding. When you build up wars, God doesn't come into your, your space and try to answer it. God will break the wall first. Break your own understanding so that you can see him. Our problem is not on understanding. Our problem is we build up walls because of our understanding. The word lean on is to support. You know, you find support on your understanding. Support with your understanding. And in all your ways, trust him with all your hearts and in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Why he has to make our path straight? Because our path has always been crooked. If our path has been straight, he doesn't need to make it straight. Our understanding can, can lead us to a crooked path that you don't even know that you're not relying on God anymore. You think you have been praying, you think you have been praying, but you don't even realize that you have actually compartmentalized your issue, that you got the walls surrounding your issue, surrounding your issue. I think many years ago that I wanted to sell my business. And I've been in business for 12 years. And I wanted to sell it. And while in the midst of my prayer, I was still calculating and trying to, try to tell God how to calculate, how much to sell. We all have. If you're an accountant, you think like that, yes? You're a banker, you think like that. If you're a doctor, a medical issue, you also think like that, right? You tell God how to... I heard a testimony, this lady was a medical doctor, you know, he was, she was paralyzed and all the time in her prayer she was giving God how to operate. Until one day she gave up, the Lord healed him, healed her. So we, if we see in our compartment, we create a prayer to tell God what to do according to this understanding. Do you have that or I'm the only one? I think I'm the only one. We have compartments in that we don't even realize it. Next, please. These are all understanding, good understanding from the Bible, okay? You tell me who, who are the people, okay? Genesis chapter 17, verse 17. He laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? Shall Sarah, who is 90 Yes, oh, bear child. Who is this person? Abraham. Abraham, can you imagine? Is it a right understanding? It's very right understanding because you, you know he knows his body. Right? He knows his body. From his life experiences, nobody has given birth at that age. Right? From his own body, he knows he can't produce. And Sarah also knows he can't produce. But he got good understanding. It's right understanding. But he built a wall. He said, God, you can't do it. He even laughed at God. Sarah laughed at God. 
Second one, Judges 6, chapter 13. He said to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has this happened to us? Who is that? Gideon. Gideon. And this is a very common question now, asking about wars between Russia and Ukraine. Why this happened? You, you, talk, you talk to a non-Christian, why baby have to die? Why baby have to suffer sickness? Why baby come up two weeks, one month, then die? Where is God? If God is with us, this cannot happen. I hear it all the time from patients. It's a good understanding. Yes, it's look at the situation and say, if this has happened, where is God? For Gideon, actually, God revealed to him the sin against God. Now, Exodus chapter 4, verse 10. He said to the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Who is that? Moses. Moses. Man of God. His understanding was right. He know. He can't speak. But he was right in front of God. I can't speak. Don't use me. Send somebody else. Moses, before that, Moses was so, so, has so much zeal for the people of God because he is a Hebrew and he killed another Egyptian who killed a Hebrew. He wanted to protect the children of God. Forty years later, when God appeared to him, he said, who are you? Lost that. Who am I? Lost that. I can't do it. Lost that. Why? Because of understanding that built the wall. Luke chapter 8, verse 53. And they laughed at him, at Jesus Christ, knowing that she was dead. Who is that? The ruler of the synagogue, Jairus, whose daughter, 12-year-old daughter, died. Jesus came. They laughed at him. What can you do with a dead body? What can you do with a dead body? But he doesn't know that God is the God who gives breath. God is a living God, God of the living, not God of the dead. Luke chapter 15, verses, uh, verse 19. I am no worthy, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. Who is that? The prodigal son. I'm not worthy anymore. I think I said two weeks ago that the, the patient that I saw, one of them crawled on the floor. Crawled on the floor, shook, shaking his head. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Crawled on the floor in the hospital. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Another lady just banged her head against the wall, against the pillar. I am not worthy. So when we have the we have the walls of our own understanding, we define our own prayer. Look at this one. Luke chapter 9, verses 53 to 56. And they did not receive him because they did not receive Jesus Christ because his face was going toward Jerusalem. 54. And seeing his disciple James and John said, Lord, do you desire that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them even as Elijah did? 
And Jesus turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what spirit you are. For the Son of God, Son of Man, has not come to destroy man's life, but to save. And they went to another village. Do we say this our prayer? Because we think this is the way to solve, solve the problem, Jesus. This is the way to solve it. Send fire, kill them. We solve the problem. Do you pray like that? Solve this problem here within my box, within my confinement, within my perimeters. Call fire and solve the whole problem. We like to troubleshoot. But God doesn't look like that. God has to break down the wall of your own understanding because you lean on it. Nothing wrong with your understanding, but because you lean on it, you rely on it, you shape your prayer according to it. And God doesn't work like that. I hope today that we can identify the walls of our own understanding today. Let today be a day of breakthrough. Look at your own prayer request. Think about it, reflect about it. Have I built a wall? I can tell you I have. We built a wall, and this is our understanding. This is the way God is going to bless, bless me. This is the way going to solve the problem. Next one. Jesus defined it very clearly in John 10, 10, the purpose of our life. He said the purpose that he came to our life. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came, I came. The thief comes, I came. That they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The thief comes only one purpose. Rob you, kill you, destroy you. He leaves. He goes for the next one. But Jesus came. He committed to your whole life. I came that you have life. Has it more abundantly? Everything that you pray for, God, look at this. Is it for your life and for your life more abundantly? If it's not for your life and not for your life more abundantly, he has to break the wall. He come that you have life, you live in his life, out of his life, you bear fruit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, you bear the fruit, of, you have wisdom. When you have wisdom, you make better decisions. Out of his life, you have favor. Out of favor, you have you have good relationship with your bosses, with your, with your neighborhood, with your people that you deal with. Out of his life, that you have strength, that you find is supernatural. Out of his life, that you have the presence of God, that, you, that they, wherever you go to, people will know that you are called by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Out of his life, that through, through the favor, through the wisdom, you have better deal, business deal. You make better business decision. You make better career decision. You choose better school. You choose better university. You choose better course. Out of the invisible life of God, you have the visible, tangible blessing in your life. Out of his life. And that's why he said, I come that you not only have my life, but you have life, life more abundantly to eternity. That's why he said your citizenship is in heaven. He, didn't say, he did not say your citizenship will be in heaven. 
The moment you are born again, God has already got the citizenship in heaven. Our life is from here to eternity. Citizenship of, of, of heaven doesn't stop. We, we, all, we like to say that life after death, right? We think that, okay, our citizenship in heaven is after death. Then God says, okay, now you die already. Have you died? Or you died now and give you citizenship. No, he said your citizenship is in heaven. God look at your life all the time. Whatever you pray for, is it life, life more abundant, abundantly for you? God wants us to be fruitful. Everything that you pray, you ask for, God wants you to be fruitful. Everything that you do, he wants you to be fruitful. He, the relationship you have with your children and your grandchildren and great-grandchildren, he wants you to be fruitful. The problem is when you have an understanding, the walls of understanding, you, block, you box up your issue if you have sickness. Right? Your pain, your medical report defines your understanding and define your prayer. And you always pray, God heal me, God heal me, God heal me. Of course, there is nothing wrong with asking God to heal you. Nothing wrong with that. But crisis is not life. Crisis can be part of life. Your life is life more abundantly. The crisis is this part. They try to now block your life, right? Change your life. And you build a war against it and you see all the time you live in the crisis. Your life begins to be defined by crisis. But Jesus Christ will break the wall and for you to see life, life more abundantly, for so you to see your children growing up, for you to see your children getting married, for you to see your children having children, for you to see that your grandchildren having children, for you to see that they live in beautiful houses filled with good things that he has promised in the promised land. But when we got an issue, we can be boxed up like that all the time you ask God to solve your problem when God is looking at the wall to be broken. And all the time you want to call down fire to burn this issue. God is looking for you. No, I'm not coming for that. I'm coming for your life. Life more abundant. If you can break through the wall, you can see your life all the way to eternity. It is this wall of our own understanding that blocks our view and our vision and our thoughts and our emotion. You got locked in all the time. That's why I always say that when you have an issue, don't talk to yourself. You go down and down and down, and you get trapped there, and you become hopeless. Say, I'm hopeless. I don't think this is so dark. I don't think God will ever help me because I'm so far down. That's our problem. You can end up in a depression. You can end up into a very dark place. You can end up into a very hopeless place. You can end up into a very hurt place. But take the issue and talk to God. It goes up to God. It creates a hope. It creates the, the, the faith that God wants to give it to you. It creates a vision that you now see, I am not in this place. I got life, life more abundantly all the way to heaven. And this can only be done through Jesus Christ. Gideon said, I'm hopeless. You know? Gideon said, you know, God, if this is happening to us, what happened? Where were you? Why did, if you are here, why did this thing happen to us? You know why? Because when the children of Israel were defeated by, were, were defeated by the Midianites, the Midianites occupied the land. And what happened to the children of Israel? They lived in caves in then. 
Caves and then are not for the children of Israel. Children of Israel is for the promised land, a space of grace and love and provision and prosperity and fruitfulness. And they shouldn't be living in caves. When a person has a, has a very heavy, heavy burden emotionally, they are already living in caves. Yes? They like to withdraw. They like to draw down the curtain. They feel depressed. They live in caves. But that is not the place where God wants to be. And you think, I'm not, I'm not going to see anybody anymore. I don't want to see anybody. Get out. I, patient, somebody asked me to get out also. Get out. Okay, get out. Why I don't blame them? Because they're in the box. I can see them there in the box. Of their own understanding, I am already at this stage of the sickness. I cannot go any further. No hope. No point talking to me about God. But God wants to break that down so that you can see your life, life more abundantly. Patient told me I'm hopeless. Can you pray for your children? Never thought of. Can you pray for your grandchildren? Never thought of. You are useful. You can still bless your children, bless your neighbors, bless you through your prayer even though you're dying. So Jesus, Jesus came, the previous one, sorry. Jesus came that he, he, he said, I came. He came, he's fully committed so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He, Jesus has to die on the cross to forgive our sin. Not only that, he forgives our sin, he come and live inside you. That your body, soul, and spirit has to respond to the love of God. Out of the love of God, you bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Out of the love of God, you get healing. Out of your love of God, you restore your family. Out of the love of God, you get you set free from depression. Out of the love of God, you set free from this bondage of, of spiritual bondage. Yesterday, one nurse told me, he said, Victor, do you do exorcism? You want to do it? We've got a lot here for you to do. <laughs> but out of love of God, God wants to set you free from the bondage, spiritual bondage. He cast out demons. Jesus cast out demons. Do you know that? Yes, yes he cast out demons. So that you have life, have it more abundantly. Jesus shames the wise. Do you know that? Yes, so that you have life, have it more abundantly. Jesus feeds, feeds the hunger, the hungry. Do you know that? Yes, because he wants you to have life a bit more abundantly. Children of God shouldn't be going hungry. And he's a good shepherd. He laid down his life just for us. He laid down, he go to the cross and say, God, Father, I'm willing, just, just, just crucify me then. so that the rest of the children from generation to generation to the generation have life a bit more abundantly. So all he is looking for, Jesus said, my father works all the time. What is the father working on? Father is working on your life, life more abundantly because that is what his son came to your life for. That's what his purpose, his purpose in your life is so that you have life a bit more abundantly. Don't think that God doesn't want to answer your prayer. 
Don't think that God doesn't love you. Don't think that God condemns you. Don't think that God doesn't want you to be fruitful and prosperous and, and, and be abundant. God wants it. God wants it. And God wants it. Next one, please. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13 says, So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, the greatest is the greatest of these is love. Everything God does for, everything God wants you to have is working through His love. Faith comes through His love. Without love, He will not give you the gift of faith for your breakthrough. Without His love, your hope will not be anchored into the Holy of Holies. We all anchor, I won't say we all anchor, but people who does not have Jesus Christ anchor their hope on, on hope and on another hope. Right? And on another hope. Hope upon hope upon hope upon hope. But none of them has an assurance from the living God. But our hope is anchored in the Holy of Holies where Jesus Christ as the high priest is interceding the day and night for you. He doesn't sleep, neither slumber. And everything works through his life. Work through his love. Next one, please. Thank you, Paul. Can you put our hands together for Paul? Just help me. Thank you, Paul. John chapter 12, verse 20, 24 said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. This is where God, is, God means business here. We like to protect ourselves with our understanding like a shell that protecting the, the uh, what do you call it? You see the endogram of the, 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 the fruit, you know? The, and there's a husk or the cover of the food that protect the fruit. But God has to break the cover, the husk, so that the fruit can grow and germinate and become a, a plant that bear much more fruit. It has to be broken. I want to stop this for a while. Just between you and God, and for those who are watching, between you and God, ask God, what is the wall, or what are the walls that I have, I've already built up with my own understanding? I want those walls to be broken today. I don't want to, com- to have so many compartments in my life, in my spirit. Let us pray. Just between you and God. Tell God that you want to see life, life more abundantly. Nothing can come in between. Genesis chapter 15, 
verses 5 to 6. That's where we see God breaks down the walls. And God brought him, the angel brought Abraham outside and said, look toward, the, toward heaven and number the stars. If you are able to number them, and he said to him, the angel said to Abraham, so shall your offspring be. And he believed, Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted it to him as righteousness. Abraham was, was he boxed himself into a situation. His understanding, as we said, his understanding was right. He couldn't give birth. So he tried, okay, this might be one of my servants can be the heir to the property that I have. And God spoke to him and he said, oh, maybe, Sarah said, oh, maybe one of the concubines, you know, you can have a child through her. And he tried that also. So he has a lot of wars until God said, no, break it. You have, you have life, life more abundantly. You can see your own, your child from your own bloodline and see his child, see his child. He said, come out, come out of the tent. We all have a tent. Come out of the tent and look at the sky. Count the number of stars. Abundant. Abundance. And that's what God wants for us. So allow God to break the wall. Even when, when Abraham was with, uh, was with Lord, his nephew, and they were, they, were, they were all growing, both of them growing rich, and they have, they have not enough water to, to water the herds. They got an issue here. Right? God did not come in and say, okay, I give you more water here and here and there. God did not do that. The moment Lot left Abraham, God said, Abraham, look east, north, east, south, west. Every step that you take is yours. Why God has to do that? After Lot left him. The word Lot means veiled. Abraham was veiled by his own understanding of the situation. God has to remove our veil today so that we can have a breakthrough today. Not tomorrow, not afterwards. We want God to have a breakthrough right now that he unveil our eyes to see north, east, south, west of the promised land. I tell you, a, a patient told me, the moment she got cancer, she started to journey. Five years later, when she ended up in the hospital, she told me, she just re- on that morning, she said, she, I just, she said, just realized that all her journey is about her medication about the medical test result. All that she done. She said, today I want to change it. This is not my life. I don't blame a patient with terminal illness, you know, because your thought is always there. I, I don't blame that we are human, you know, but don't, God doesn't blame you for your understanding of your medical condition, but God doesn't want you to lean on your understanding. There is a hope beyond medical report. There is a hope beyond your financial statement. There is a hope beyond the abusive words that you have been receiving. There is a hope beyond the, 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 the wounds in your heart. There is a hope beyond the children running away from you. There is a hope. And that hope is anchored in the Holy of Holies where Jesus Christ is. Next one, please. I'm finishing. Okay, you're okay? Okay. 
Luke chapter 15, verses 21 to 24. And the son, this is a prodigal son, talk to the father. Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to, the, to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his, sho- and on his feet. And bring up the fattened calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this is my son was for this my son was dead and is alive again. He, is, he was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. I want you to see that celebration come after God gave him the three things: the rope, the ring, and the shoes. I also want you to see there is no words of condemnation that God gives when the prodigal son comes. I also want you to see how God broke the walls of the prodigal son that he has built up. He came from a rich family. He went out. He squandered away all his wealth, all his money, and he ended up, and there was a famine. He ended up in a home that he has to eat the food left over by pigs, and he's a Jew. I also want you to see that the father did not reject him because of the smell of his body. He just came from the pig farm. No condemnation. And the the son thought that he would be condemned. That's why he said, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be your son. The relationship with you and and God is not about how smelly you are. It's about the blood of Jesus Christ that runs through your body. The father has the, the blood of Jesus. The father's blood runs through the son's body. The, the father has no condemnation because this son belongs to him. You are not a servant. You are a child. A servant has to work for it. A servant receives wage, wages. The son of God receives inheritance. It's not wages. It's by how much God loves you that he gives you the inheritance. You are the honor. And God immediately, when he returned, he said, put on the best robe. It speaks of belonging. You belong to this family. This is the belonging. God has no condemnation. We are worthy in the sight of God. We, are, we have been justified and testified by the blood of the Lamb of God on the mercy seat, on the mercy seat, inside the Holy of Holies, on the mercy seat, you have been justified and testified by the blood of the Lamb of God on the mercy seat that you and me are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are worthy in the sight of God. Don't think you are unworthy. Unworthy means you, you, you sit yourself as a judge and you judge yourself. We are no judges to ourselves. We are no judges to anybody. Put on the best robe and put on him a ring. A ring speaks of authority. He is now a child. He is still a child. Restore his authority as a child of God. Restore his authority and reputation and honor as the child of God in the kingdom of God. We all have a ring. We all have the robe God has put on. And put on the shoes. Servant, don't wear shoes. You are the child of God. 
you wish every step you take is yours, like Abraham. This belongs to you. We all have the authority to possess the promised land. We all have the shoes on that we are not servants of God. We are not servants of, of the world, servants of sin. We are the servant of God in, the, in terms of attitude, not in terms of position. A lot of people misunderstood between child of God and servant of God. We are the children of God, that's our position. We are the servant of God, that's our attitude to worship God as a humble person. Knowing that nothing comes from us, it's all come from God. I also want you to see that God celebrates life, not death. God is a God of living. He celebrates life, not death. Because this son has now come back to the path of righteousness. On the path of righteousness is life, life more abundantly. That's where in Psalm 23, he says, restore your soul. His soul was, was hurt, was damaged, was intimidated, disappointed, discouraged, ashamed. God put the cross on. You cannot be ashamed anymore. You belong to the kingdom of God. There is no, no shame in the kingdom of God. There is no condemnation in the kingdom of God because there is no shame in Christ Jesus. There is no shame. He took, away our, he took our shame on the cross for us. I hope this defines how worthy we are, how loved we are by a living God that who, who not only watches over you day and night, who lives inside you, wherever you go, He is there with you. In whatever situation, He is there with you. Whatever argument, He is the Prince of Peace. Now, having said that, with a person, we have to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Will we be able to solve our abusive problems in, at home? Tell me. Will we be able to solve our mental problems? Will we be able to solve the problems of bullies at home, in schools, in companies, Will we be able to reduce the number of divorces? Will we be able to hold a relationship together? Will we be able to, to see eye to eye and have peace with one another? It is not about religion. It's not even about theology. It is about the love of God that breaks every understanding that human thoughts about God. Just for you to have life, have it more abundantly. Next, please. Psalm 40, verse 1 to 3. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the muddy block, or muddy clay, and set my feet upon the rock, and make, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear, and put his trust in the Lord. When that person fell into the pit, God did not look down and said, do you need water? Do you need ice cream? Do you need some noodles? No. He was trapped in the, in, in the four walls of the pit. God did not also take him out and say, okay, now you're on the road. 
run like a rabbit, go your way. God did not say that. He took him out. He said, I put you on the rock that you can stand secure. You don't have to fall anymore. Not only that, I have, he has already got a song for you to sing that others were, were, were song of praise and many will see and fear God and they put their trust in the Lord. This is life, life more abundant out of a crisis. God wants you to take him out to see, okay, this is life, life more abundant. It is what you are having inside the pit. If I give you everything that you need in the pit, you still don't have the life, life more abundantly. Because you are still in the pit. God doesn't want us to have that wall. God wants to break it. Today, if you think that you have been falling down, I'm not uh, falling down. I know when a person receives a bad report, he falls down. He can't grab. Right? Everything doesn't make sense to him. Nothing makes sense to him. When you're free fall, it's just a free fall when you hear a bad report. Sorry, I'm coming. So, bad report, bad report. You can't grab, you can't nothing. So you have free fall down. If today you feel that you've fallen down and there is total destruction in your life or total hopelessness in your life and total darkness in your life, total disappointment, it may not be sickness, it can be relationship, it can be finance, it can be a project that failed and your boss is not happy and feel, feel that the wall is crumbling down. Our emotion define our, define our worldview. Yes? When your emotion is good, the whole world looks good. Right? Right? Even your mother-in-law smiles better. <laughs> your whole world looks good. Right? But when your emotion is bad, the whole thing crumbles down. When you're free from or today, if you feel that you are in that position, today the good news is you are standing in the muddy clay. You are not stable. It's still very soft, but you are at the rock bottom. Right? Because you heard the good news about Jesus Christ, wanting you to have life a bit more abundantly. You are at the rock bottom. People say that even though you are at the rock bottom, Jesus Christ is still the rock of the bottom. And he, he said, patiently, he will, he will pick you up. Rest assured, this is your journey today. You'll pick him up and put you on the rock and you sing a good song, a new song to your life, a new story about your life, a new, a, a new view and vision about your life that you can now see life, life more abundantly. You can see your children, you can see your grandchildren, great-grandchildren. You can see the beautiful houses filled with good things. Like God said, yes, but you can see the promised land. You see the north, east, south, west, the promised land. Wherever you turn, there's a favor of God. Wherever you turn, there's a possibility of fruitfulness. Wherever you turn, there is a favor, there is love. Wherever you turn, there is joy. Wherever you turn, there is a peace around you. So your house is not a house of medical report anymore. Your, your house is not a house of argument anymore. Your house is not a house of disappointment anymore. Your house is a house filled with good things, the Bible says. So if you have an issue at home, don't look at your issue and everybody quarrel every, over everything because nobody is happy. God wants to break that today so that you have a house filled with good things. Let us pray. Father, we, we, we acknowledge today we receive life, life more abundantly and in the understanding that you have for us. You have heard our prayer individually. We say, today we thank you, we have broken the walls of our own understanding. 
that we don't have compartments inside our hearts to box you in because of our understanding that we want to see life, life more abundantly from generation to generation to generation. For Lord, that you are the God of generation. You are the God of promised land as well, that we can look south, east, north, west of the promised land and see the, fruitness, the fruitfulness of God and love of God for us and see the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives and also in the life of the uh, people in, in our own house, our own uh, community. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.